Hello, Smegheads. Hello. My name is Jed Shepherd. And I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks very much for tuning in once again to Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. And now we're deep into season three, aka second episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, this episode is called Marooned, um, which. Um, Cards on the Table is one of my favourites, but I've said it quite a lot so far. Mm. It is one of my favourites. Um, see how Daniela thinks in a bit. But first of all, Daniela, how have you been? I've been good. I'm, an, I'm another year older now. Yes, it's your birthday. Yeah. Um, though it's um, um, also Cards on the Table. We're recording two uh, episodes at the same time today. So later on, when we have Billy Lunn here for the next episode, Polymorph, we'll be talking about their joint birthdays. Well, there's a day apart, but pretty close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same same difference. Um, yeah, so wow. So you're one year older. Are you one year wiser? Probably one year less wiser. Wow. Yeah, I think so. It's getting to that stage already. Yeah, it's going all going backwards now. Which was the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> nice callback, <laughs> Daniela. Nice segue. <laughs> so what have you done in the, in the last week since we've... Uh, um, I've been hanging out with some otters on my birthday. Well, which that's is pretty, pretty cool. cool. That's your dream thing to do. Yeah, otters are my favourite. So, yeah. And were, were there any owls there as well? Yeah, there was loads of owls. That's cool. Um, there was a badger hibernating. I'm not, I'm not a fan of badgers. Oh, no, they're cute. They, they can go straight to hell, badgers. They're, they're oh. demons. They're little demons in the ground coming out These and hurting people. They were hibernating. You could see them snoozing away. Really Hibernating cute. plotting is what I call it, Daniela. Mm. Never trust a badger. It's my, you've heard me say that quite often, haven't you? Well, a badger's never done me wrong, so... Um, oh, just never trust one. Okay. Never, ever trust wow. a badger. Uh, also want to say thank you very much for everyone um, who's subscribed recently. We've had a, a massive influx of new people listening and, and telling us that they're listening on social networks and stuff. So yeah, I can't believe it. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. I won't... Uh, I won't like tell you exactly where we are, just in case we've dropped down since uh, if you check. <laughs> yeah. But we're doing pretty well, so thanks very much. Uh, don't forget to tell your friends about us as well, because the more people that listen... Or your enemies. Tell your enemies, yeah. Because that will get them back. That will show them, won't it? Yeah, force them to listen to, uh, to our <laughs> yeah. podcast. Any enemies out there? You guys suck. Um, what have I been doing the last week, Daniel? Thanks for asking. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been sick. I've still been sick. Oh, sorry. I was it's sick okay. over yeah. Um, I was sick over Halloween, which isn't great. Um, well, it's your bedridden. fault for um, being horrible to Robert. Robert the um, Robert possessed the doll. doll. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of cursed me. Wow. As soon as <laughs> wow. <What>? <laughs> Just <laughs> me- mentioned Robert the possessed doll, and my microphone started moving of its own accord. That's yeah, spooky. Wow. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually quite spooky, genuinely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been kind of bedridden, just watching horror films the whole time. I lost my voice for a couple of days, which uh, worried me about doing this podcast, but it's back now and sexier than ever. Uh, yeah, I was going to comment on that. On the scale of one to ten, how sexy, Daniela? Uh, seven. Seven's pretty high. Is that up from, from what number? From four. Wow. <laughs> I need to get sick more often. <laughs> one more turn and I'll be ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's get straight on to this great episode um and yeah it's called marooned and this is one of those episodes where at first glance nothing much happens one of those episodes where you think wow where why didn't they spend any money on this because it's all set in in one room basically and uh, if you are thinking that then uh, you've completely missed the point of the episode because it's not sometimes you, the action is is the kind of the good stuff uh, and you do want to see action in, in a sci-fi sitcom i guess 
but you also want to see develop your characters you want to see them interact with each other without the the kind of bells and whistles and all the explosions and stuff because that kind of distracts from the from the kind of humanity side of it the human side of it and i think this is one of the episodes one of the first episodes um that kind of develops their um pushes their friendship in onto a new uh level mm. i find i actually thought Rimmer was was quite a decent character in this episode. Oh, he's great in this. Yeah, I, I, I quite liked him. And I think um, Dave doesn't come off so well in he this episode. He definitely doesn't. No. no, this is totally... I'm, yeah. I'm Team Rimmer for this yeah. episode, totally. Let's, so let's get into it. Let's get into, into the nitty-gritty. So it starts off um, with um, Holly uh, saying, Abandon ship, abandon ship. This is not a drill. This is a drill cue drill noise and again when i watched this when i was little that was the funniest thing i've ever heard really? in my life okay. i was i was shouting out in the school playground oh, all the time I find, I find this holly a bit annoying well she's just doing a nor at the moment she's just doing a norman lovett impression which i'm pro i'm pretty sure she, if you kind of told her to do because her stand-up around this time it, she, she was very deadpan but this is essentially a norman lovett impression mm, but not not as good as him no because you, you can't really i mean she develops her, her character a little bit better probably in season four when she kind of hits okay. her stride um yeah i think she's quite funny in this and she explains that uh, there's a black hole um and she's only just noticed and in fact there's five black holes and they're a bit like buses where you wait for one and five come along which, um, as you work in transport, Daniela, <laughs> is is this true? Do you think where you, um, where you're waiting for for one thing and and five come along? I, I can't really comment. I don't work in transport operation. I, I work on. You must hit, you must hear it on the grapevine that this thing. <laughs> Not really, no. Well, so. yeah. So there's loads of black holes apparently. So the crew are uh, basically jumping ship, um, and they're taking their belongings onto a Starbuck um, and Blue Midget. Actually, they're, they're splitting it up. Hey. Blue Midget. Yeah, yeah, your favourite ship's back. Yeah. And um, one of the things, Rimmer, just in case Red Dwarf blows up or something, uh, they're taking all their, their prized possessions aboard. So Rimmer is taking on a wooden chest, um, which is made of camphor wood and uh, contains toy soldiers and also £24,000 in cash. Mm. Um, That's basically my dad's two favourite things. Cash and toy soldiers and cash. Cash and toy soldiers. <laughs> um, why toy soldiers? Yeah, I was never into that. My dad collects them. Does he really? He a child, he's got hundreds of them. Now I see thousands. where the kind of Rimmer connection comes <laughs> into that. Um, it's, he has hundreds of thousands of toy well, soldiers. Hundreds, maybe Just thousands. thousands. Wow. Yeah, toy soldiers. That's interesting. That mm. definitely is that's another layer of uh, Daniela revealed. Yeah. Um, when your when your parents come in, I kind of well, I'm gonna quiz them left, right, and centre. Do it. About your childhood Do and how, and I want to. I might field some questions from uh, the Red Dwarf Forum as well. Or <laughs> 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 oh, like, how many baths did I have? Or something. No, no, I'm not gonna ask that, Daniela. <laughs> you sicko. No, baby questions. Okay. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so they're loading up um, Starbug. And uh, Crichton, um, he mentions that Blue Midget is loaded uh, because him, Crichton and Cat are taking Blue Midget. And it's very interesting. Yeah, because obviously they're going to have to speak to each other. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> Coming on to that. Because if, if you remember last episode, I have this very weird theory that Crichton and Cat are the same person. So it's very strange why they'd be separated from the two people that would kind of notice them. Anyway, let's see in this episode if they ever speak to each other. Re and remember this. 
let's see if they speak to each other in this entire episode. Right, okay. So, uh, yeah, so um, they leave the ship on um, on Starbug and uh, Blue Magic. Inside Starbug, in case you didn't realise, is Lister and Rimmer. And uh, Holly explains uh, the plan is she's going to navigate Red Dwarf through the black holes um, because if it goes wrong, then, then they will get... Red Dwarf will be basically destroyed and compacted into the size of a pea. Um, and what they'll do is they'll rendezvous, rendezvous on Desert Moon Sigma 14D. Um, and, uh, yep, so it sounds like a good plan so far. I think everyone's been very sensible here. So uh, Lister is uh, looking at these toy soldiers inside Rimmer's uh, uh, camp forward trunk. And he says, Rimmer, you're obsessed with war. You're obsessed with uh, war books, war games, and all kinds of war stuff. And Rimmer says it's because he just admires leadership. Uh, and Lister replies it's ironic because he's such a coward. And you like war stuff as well, don't you, Daniela? Um, you like yeah. campaigns and things. <laughs> I, I, I guess. <laughs> I'm not a massive fan of like war and genocide. No, but, but you, you're interested in the history historical. of war. In, in yeah. dictators <laughs> and uh, well. their campaigns and... <laughs> And stuff. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. I think. You are so you are so rimmer like. It's uh, <laughs> it's quite endearing. Um so yeah. So Rimmer just says, yeah, he admires the leadership. Um but then uh, Lister also reminds him that uh, they were once in a barroom brawl and Rimmer ran away. Um which also helped him backwards, if you don't remember in the last episode. Yes. Which um they seem to have forgotten that Rimmer was like cowering under a table like a coward. Um so it's multiple. I, I would be doing that too. So yeah, I am. The thing is in backwards Rimmer, Rimmer is the hologram, so what what's gonna happen to him? It's just yes. maybe he's just he remembers the, the feeling of pain. Um and we see, uh, yeah, he, he says that generals don't actually smash chairs over people's heads. They uh, back in the tent uh, um, on their on their side, drinking and directing from afar. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, which is kind of like what a coward would do. So, I guess Rimmer is a little bit like a a general. He is also the senior person on Red Wolf, so he kind of. I don't know if it's cowardly. I think it's just oh, that's, the, that's the way enga- engagement happened back in those days. That's how battles were fought. And, and I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm no warmonger or like a dictator. But <laughs> what's your favourite manga? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was if I was um, a general or something, I would want to I would I would want to be on the front line leading leading the people, lead by example. But if you were taken out, then who who it's would? Not going to happen. <laughs> okay. I would be. I'll be well trained enough to like dodge stuff and uh i'd be fine i think mm, i'm not so sure about that <laughs> i fancy my chances against you it's all drones anyway people <laughs> will just like employ yeah. drones nowadays so it's fine um yeah so um and rimmer also reveals that in a past life because uh, he was through hypnotism through a guy called donald he was alexander the great's chief eunuch and Lister says he <laughs> believes him. So he's actually been, um, he says he's been close to power. That's why he's kind of obsessed with powerful people. And um, he kind of wants that for himself. And he says um, he can't look at a pair of nutcrackers without wincing, <laughs> which is fair enough. I remember when I first watched this, I didn't know what a eunuch was, obviously, because I was a kid. And I didn't know for years and years. And when I found out, I was like, holy Christ, why did, why did people do that back then? Yeah, it's it's an it's an odd choice, but uh, yeah. I'm not going to judge. Yeah, well, did people do that just so they were, um, just so they were more loyal to? Because I know, like, some people did it so they were better singers. <laughs> because I, I I read something like that, so so you could be falsetto, you could okay, do falsetto, right? 
but like I think people did that for loyalty, so you didn't you didn't have a wandering eye and do something else elsewhere. You, you were loyal. Do to anything. Yeah, so you were like loyal to uh, your commander, which happens in Game of, Game of Thrones Game, as well. Yeah, I was going to say Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, well, they should do that now, really. Really? Mm, yeah, well, there's a lot of testosterone floating about. Um, yeah, so um, Lister says it explains everything. And uh, he can't, uh, yeah, and he says that Rimmer is unhappy uh, because he's looking for something a bit more glamorous. Um, so that's why he's obsessed with war because he just wants a, a life that's better than his own or something a little bit more glamorous than he's used to which is fair enough you're stuck on a ship in the middle of nowhere of course you're going to have a, want a bit of escapism and, and look back to uh, powerful men yeah I think there is there is some glamour in sort of the, the wars of the past so in the yeah. Napoleonic war in Napoleonic times yeah I, I mean it was all hand to hand combat rather than yeah. well, cannon as well it was, it was gen- just... gentleman fighting <laughs> yeah you really do like war don't you no. <laughs> the romanticism of people like killing each other with bayonets it was uh, beautiful <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, um, and just as they're speaking, um, we see a flaming meteor. Um, is it a meteor or an asteroid? One of them's when it gets into the Earth's orbit, it becomes a, a meteor. meteor. So it's an asteroid when it's in space, right? Um, so a flaming asteroid hits Starbug and it goes crashing into a convenient, conveniently placed ice planet, mm. which was about meters away. So lucky that planet was there. And yeah, they crash on it and uh, they and this planet is covered in snow and ice and looks miserable really bleak in the snow and it's like basically unlivable and uh, the um, winds are really strong and um yeah it, and lister tries to exit um hopefully he found out that there was air on, on, the, on the planet he just exited and he tries to kind of like see what's going on but he gets blown around like a like that plastic bag from American Beauty he kind of goes flying around oh, I hate that bit <laughs> I quite like that but I know it's really pretentious oh. But um, it's, you can, when you when you first watch it, you must you must have been a bit emotional. Come no, on, no, I'm not I'm not a fan of that film. See, it was a lot of hype around it about at the time, and I think since then it's really grown on me because Kevin Spacey is just awesome, and I mean it is basically about a paedophile, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. like but his life does like turn to to rubbish, kind of, doesn't mm. it? Towards the end, for yeah, coming right? I don't think there's, there's any likable character in that film. Well, I didn't like it. Yeah, oh. Mina Suvari. She's no. But anyway, with this when this episode started and yeah. they crashed on the on the snowy ice planet. Yeah. I thought, oh great, because I just watched um, John Carpenter's The Thing at the weekend. Oh wow, yeah, cool. I'd seen it years ago, but I didn't remember. It. Good I thought, comparison. Oh wow, yeah. this is gonna be like that, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Did you like The Thing? Oh, I love the thing, it yeah. It is great. Yeah. The practical effects, it's so good yeah. for the monsters. That would be great if they crashed and on that planet with the thing. And that's one of my favourite X-Files episodes as well. Yeah, I mean, they rip yeah. off John Carpenter loads yeah. of the X-Files. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're on this on this planet and uh, they're basically stuck there. Um, and Rimmer is trying to contact the others using what seems like a CB radio because it's like, hello, is anyone there? Um, what ha- why aren't they using like proper like electronic communications? Why is he kind of using like a CB radio? It's kind, it's kind of odd. Mm. Um, and we find out it's been three days since they've been there and there's been no contact with the others. Um, and uh, yeah, and they kind of do a, a count on, on the food they've got left. So they've got... It's not much. It's not much. They've got soggy, smoky bacon crisps, a tin of mustard powder, three water biscuits, a brown lemon... 
which is fine. Inside it's not brown. Two bottles of vinegar and a tube of Bongella. I love Bongella. To eat. Mm. So you would pick that before yeah, anything. Yeah. Well, they've also then, in addition to that, um, a pot noodle and a tin of dog food. So out of all of that, you, which one would you pick? The Bongella. See, Bongella is quite nice. Mm. I always used to want to get ulcers so I could eat the Bongella. Um, but as you know, as we've discussed before, I love pot noodle. Like a lot, like in no, in no sense of irony, being a vegetarian, pot noodles because they, they don't actually have any meat in it. It's all tofu. I never knew that. It's great, and I love the taste. And like no no word of a lie, death my death row meal. One of the things I would request is a pot noodle. It's comfort yes. food. It is. I'm a massive fan of pot noodle. I think what? they're great. I love ramen noodles to start with. I, oh, I, love I do them. too, but that's not what this is. <laughs> no, it's, but it's, it's almost... It's like cardboard and wa- no, pouring water not. over it. It is not. Pot noodles oh. are amazing. I had one when I was at university because it was the done thing to do and I thought, right, I'm going to try it. You've got it. a really posh voice now. It was the done thing to do at university. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried it and I, I didn't I didn't like what, it. What flavour did you try, Daniela? Uh, I think it was chicken and mushroom. Which is the nicest flavour. But it's up there. I, I didn't under, I didn't understand because food wasn't that expensive. So I just I just thought, why, why would I put myself through this? I just ate normal food because it's convenience, but also it's, it's to me it's comfort food because every time I used to be like sick or just feeling unwell or down, have a pot noodle, cheers you right up. Oh, that's a, that's a can of Heinz soup. Baked, Heinz baked beans, Heinz tomato soup. Yeah, stick a croissant. Oh, in. I like a len- Heinz lentil soup. Oh, lentil soup's good. Yeah, it's good. But one. for me pot noodle is like you can just watch your favorite film with a pot noodle and by coincidence (laughs) i've got a pot noodle for each of us daniela um should we eat it now should we should we save it till towards the end oh whatever you decide and it's not going to be pretty whenever we try and eat it so okay i'm 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 going to cut the podcast here and when we come back myself and daniela will be eating pot noodle okay we'll take some photos (laughs) okay So we are back. We're still alive. Still alive. And uh, I just made Daniela uh, my own recipe. It's called uh, chicken and mushroom pot noodle. (laughs) And what did you think, Daniela? It wasn't too bad. I ate about half of it. I ate all of it in the same time. Um, I love pot noodle. Bit crunchy. That's only because we did it fast. It burnt my mouth, so I couldn't really taste anything. That's all to do with the speed of how I made it. Which I think helped me... Keep it down. <laughs> because you couldn't taste it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we just got a bad batch because it definitely wasn't my preparation. No, which is, uh, I could go into any cookery program and with a pot noodle and probably win it. Probably not. No, that's the, the word on the grapevine. Not, not the great bitch bake off. <laughs> I so could. A pot noodle cake, even though I don't eat cake. Um, okay, so uh, where were we? Um, okay, so yeah, so they've crashed on the planet. And they're going through what food they've got. Yeah, and pot noodle was one of the options. And if I was there, I would just slowly eat the pot noodles because it's lovely. I'm glad you didn't actually make me eat the dog food. I was, I was a bit worried watching Yeah, this. I was tempted. I just couldn't find any. I don't have a dog, oh. so... Well, I was actually reading... Um, I can't remember where I read it, but... Um, How to cook with dog food. No, Craig Charles um, didn't actually eat dog food. Apparently, it was tuna mixed with gelatin. Yeah, yeah. It kind of did... Which it sounds did look- horrible in itself. It do do like tuna, and you're right. Gelatin, just the word gelatin, just makes me feel a bit queasy. Um, yeah. I'd be okay with the tuna, just not the gelatin. How about with a uh, pot noodle with bonjella in it? No, no, not down with that. 
But um, yeah, so we, we've, we've done the taste test. So myself and Daniela could survive on a, an ice planet by ourselves for a while. How long would it take for, for us to get sick of each other, do you think? Uh, we've done, this is going to be our 14th <laughs> podcast episode. Wow. 14th. And we're not sick of each other just yet. No, it's, it's only once a week, though. We're getting compliments on our banter. Really? In, in, in top top up. bants. Well, the lot, lots of top bants. Hashtag bants. From the Smegheads crew. <laughs> <laughs> we've known each other for a few years now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, I think we've still got a lot of hashtag bants to come. Yeah, tune in. <laughs> tune in next week. Oh, and we've got a request today for... If someone said they were up for a Smegheads Live. So if you, if you are up for Smegheads Live, let tickets. us know. We've got three tickets <laughs> because we're going to have to buy tickets ourselves. <laughs> that's me, you and this one person. Perfect. Oh, and don't forget my parents. Your parents, yes. We've got, we've got enough people. And Nick will come Nick, as well. Yeah. Um, and between us, we can, we can get together like three or four people. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. Like a picnic. Definitely. It doesn't have to be too big. Um, yeah, so um, they are slowly running out of food and, or options for food. Um, and But also the, the smoky bacon crisps sound quite good. That's not too, yeah. too bad. I mean, yeah. it is a bit soggy. Like, like, is it, is it ra- raz- Razzles? Razzles. Wow. Uh, great, Chris. Yeah. 20p Razzles. Are they I, still 20p? I don't think they're 20p wow. anymore. What about, is uh, Space inv- uh, space Raiders still 10p? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I think they... I think no, they're 20 now, because yeah, I had them the other day. Yes. Which isn't, isn't so bad, because no, they've been like no, that price for a long time. Love Space Raiders. Yeah, Pick a pickle, s- don't my you? My second favourite maze-based snack. What's your first? Monster fa- Munch. Oh, man, Monster Munch. Wow. I'm surprised that hasn't been made into a film. I'm going to make a Monster Munch <gasps> film. Oh my, exclusive, you've, he- you've heard it here hot first. off the press. Yes, flaming hot off the press, <laughs> Daniela. <Good> <laughs> wow, that's, that's quite a good, that's quite a good idea. Okay, so back to the episode. So, uh, yeah, they are um, running out of food. Rimmer tells him he has to pace himself with the food um, and not to be so hasty on it on eating the food because he has just had a, a raw Brussels sprout. I've, again, I feel like that you're going to make me eat a Brussels sprout. A raw one? Yeah. I, we, we should have really done the pee on toast from that other episode. <laughs> that would have been great. A frozen pee as well. Uh, but yeah, but it's also, we see, see the signs are starting to get cold. It does get mentioned. It is cold inside as well as outside because they're, they're running out of power. I mean, Starbucks only could have a runaround ship. It's not really built for a long periods of time. At this point, anyway. Um, so, uh, Rimmer questions, uh, also questions why it's called Mayday. Because obviously Rimmer's trying to contact the other guys and he's saying Mayday, Mayday. And he questions, why is it called Mayday? It's just an arbitrary holiday. Um, and he tries to use uh, Ascension Sunday, Ascension Sunday. And uh, what did you think of that joke, Daniela? I thought it was quite funny. Well, I'm glad you found one thing in the cell yeah. so funny because so far <laughs> you haven't liked it too much. But yeah, I thought also I thought that was funny as well. Um, and every time it is May Day, I do think back to that scene quite often. Um, we got a classic funny scene coming <laughs> up. Okay, we'll, we'll see about that, have we? Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so um, yeah, so they they decide to um, um, to keep him warm. They're gonna do something sacrilegious, which is to burn books. <gasps> Which I was very upset. I know. In any sci-fi from Worth of Salt, there's a bit in the future where they're about to like burn the books, and then one wise guy goes, "No, that's uh, don't burn the books. That's our the the past is our kind of uh, our portal to the future and um, stuff like that." I could never burn a book. Well, I think I definitely 100% would if I was about to die and I needed. I wouldn't be sentimental with anything really. Oh. 
I know. Yeah, I wouldn't be. You, it's it's life or death. You're gonna you're gonna burn stuff. Do you not think? I don't know. I I I can't imagine myself in a situation where I would want to burn a book. But I guess until you're in a situation, you don't really know, do you? That's true. But then I did watch a YouTube video how to make fire out of ice. Wow. So if they knew how to do that. Um, it would be all fine. Um, so Rimmer um, tells him to stop uh, what he's doing because obviously it is sacrilegious. And uh, um, Lister's holding up a, a number of uh, different books um, and they all remind him of food, apparently. Um, one of them's uh, by Eric Van L- Lustbader. Um, and Rimmer's like, why does that remind you of food? And he's like, van, food, food van, van, meat van. <laughs> And he says, what about this one? The Caretaker by Harold Pinter. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Pinter. He's my good. Um, yeah, so everything's starting to remind. He's going delirious, L- like being stuck on a desert island. Um, and just to remind you, this is like a bottle episode because it is just in one confined space. And usually those are the episodes they do at the end of a season when they've run out of all the budget and they, they just need to, they're contractually obliged to make an episode. So they just do something without the special mm, effects. It's quite a strange second episode. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that this wasn't, this isn't the right order okay. how it was um, right. originally filmed in, uh, which is why they kind of refer to things that they've already, uh, they should already know, really. Um, and yeah, so uh, Lister says, well, Rimmer, take my mind off it by, by talking to me. Uh, just nothing about food. Um, so he says, Rimmer, tell me how you lost your virginity. And hang on, there's been about four different episodes where he's told that I story. Know, like, I know. Like, holy moly. How many times can they talk about losing their virginity? I know, it's like almost every episode. <laughs> oh, everyone was like, oh, well, I've, it's, it's been too many. Yeah, but then again, this is they've, they've completely retconned seasons one and two where it's a different person. It's no longer Yvonne Magruder, <laughs> which we all know. That's the first time he's had sex. Yes. It's, it's someone called Cassandra. Uh, no, yeah, Cassandra. Um, and they did it in the back of a Bentley, which... It's fine. Usually this would be, be the point of the podcast where I would stop and I would ask Danielle a question. But I don't <laughs> think this, don't this is not the appropriate. <laughs> we don't want that. Ex- we don't want that explicit sign next to the <laughs> So and uh, so Lister uh, says his was Michelle Fisher on a golf course and Fisher as well. That's a food, another food pun, Fisher, yeah. which I only realised just now. That's clever writing. And in fact, this whole episode because it's just about the relationship and them talking back and forth with, with each other. This is another example of um, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor just being absolute perfect writers. This, this this is the episode that I would point out to people if, when they say, oh, Red Wolf is just, just a messy, fun romp. It doesn't really have any kind of value in terms of, of the writing. And But this episode, I believe, is just so well written. Mm, yeah, it is, It's it great. Is. You really do learn a lot about these, these characters in, in such a short space of time. And I think you, your opinion, a, a sign of great writing is when you've got a set opinion of a character that's completely changed in, in an organic way. In, in, in one episode and I think this does it mm. um, so uh, yeah so uh, Lister says um, she was so Michelle Fisher was so beautiful she could be working behind the counter the perfume counter at Lewis's and I'm guessing that's John Lewis right yeah I'd do people call that so, Lewis's yeah. well yeah <laughs> so have you been to John Lewis recently have you seen the women that work behind the perfume mm. counters I, I, I've been to John Lewis's, Not so good. but I, I don't remember the perfume counter women. It's just people just caked to makeup. Oh, yes. oh, yes. Put makeup they, on with they, a paintbrush. I like a lot of makeup. Yeah, just like mm. out-of-work clowns. <laughs> um, and uh, Rimmer's pushing him. Oh, what, what age was this? And and Lister's, uh, he basically reveals the fact he was 12 
when he lost oh. his virginity to to Michelle Fisher on a, on a on a golf course. I know, and I I loved this scene. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Did you really? Grimmer's disgust. <laughs> yeah. Was he misusing the facility? <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, this is pure Alan Partridge. It and really I is actually, it. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's um yeah he hates people that abuse the facilities because he wasn't even a member. <laughs> he was too young <laughs> to be a member. <laughs> it is great. Um, and uh, yeah, so Lister then gets back to uh, burning the books it's just for some kind of heat. Um, and Rimmer berates him again and he says uh, he's gone without two, uh, food for two days and he's turned into a barbarian. Um, and um, But the thing is, I thought about this. It's like, it doesn't matter if they burn all the books. And I, I know Rimmer's saying, oh, these are the last Shakespeare's in humanity. But don't forget, Holly has got every single book of all time on hard drive. Does Rimmer feel the cold? No. Okay. So Rimmer's fine. Yeah. But I'm saying all the books in the humanity is on Red Dwarf in, in because I know, but I don't see I don't like to read books on a Kindle. I like to have the hard copy of a book. So yeah, maybe. but they can just print it out. I mean yeah, I mean maybe. I mean Holly Holly can Holly can make a like a spaceship out of you can you can make anything out of thin air almost. They can make they can make food out of thin air almost. You can you can you can print out a book and bind it. I think. Yeah, maybe. maybe laminate the cover. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, it's a little, it's a bit nitpicky, but I don't think it means anything that he's burning the books. But um, yeah, so he, so, so um, he kind of uh, tells Lister, then don't burn Shakespeare because it could be the last book. And uh, Lister's like, well, you might not have even, have, I don't think you've even read it. And he goes, well, I've skimmed it. And he goes, um, he tries to quote um, uh, Richard III. And he, he does a really bad impression. Yeah, he does the that, that famous now speech. Now. Now. <laughs> 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 that's uh, that's my favourite Shakespeare play fact. Is it really? Yeah, mine is mine is just very obvious as Hamlet. Oh, that's probably my second. Yeah, it's just it's just, it's just lots of violence and Hamlet's awesome and he's got a crazy girlfriend who commits suicide and he's, he's just yeah. aloof. Yeah, mm. and uh, I just love it because he's he's just trolling everyone because he he's pretending to be mad just so we can find out what what's going on. But actually, goes mad. He kind of goes mad in, in the process and, and and people are just trying to trick him into kind of find out if he really is mad and there's Rosencrantz and Guildensterns mm. in the mix as well and yeah, Polonius oh man ha- Hamlet is awesome yeah I saw it recently with Benedict Cumberbatch oh wow that's been so good well Hamlet yes wow it was okay but I must say I saw a Jude Law production of it about four or five years ago and that was yeah. better he was better than Benedict who played, who played Ophelia is anyone famous no, no. That was the problem with the Benedict Cumberbatch cast. I think they'd spent so much money on him. But the rest <laughs> yeah. of the cast were very average. Oh, really? Yeah, nobody famous. Nobody that really stood out. Oh, wow. How yeah. was Polonius? Poor. Wow, because yeah. he's always an interesting character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, so, so Rimmer just tries to kind of uh, pretend that he is well-read, but obviously he really isn't. And uh, then the next scene we see... Um, them burning the Shakespeare in in the oil drum that suddenly appeared in the middle of Red Dwarf, um, and uh, then we also see Lister about to eat the dog food. He's hovering with a spoon mm. to his mouth. That tuna and and gelatin. It was a good with, shot, though. It it was, yeah. Um, and even even though I would know it's not dog food, I would still be a little bit. I was wretching, and I was really yeah. worried because last week you said you're going to make me eat. What was in the episode? So, I mean, my notes here is just tin dog food. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Would you have at least tasted dog food? No. See, what I was trying to find, no. I was trying to find dog biscuits because they're... How is that better? Because the humans can eat dog biscuits as well. 
but they're just made I'm specifically for dogs. Because I think it's just it's just normal, just without sugar. I think it's just un. Yeah, but it just has the word woof or not or something. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like a rusk. <laughs> oh, I love rusks. Um, so uh, yeah, so the um, he eats the dog food, and then he also says uh, now he knows why uh, dogs lick their testicles to get rid of the taste of the dog food which is another one of those jokes that i i stole from red dwarf and i would tell to, to anyone who would listen to me when i was younger i stole so much from red dwarf unbelievable amounts in stories i did in like just talking to people like friends i mean i just, just dropping a few lines from red dwarf and, they, and like most people probably don't remember lines from red dwarf so i was pretty safe in 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 in, in stealing this stuff um where you got all your material from yeah exactly i think um but actually um in in the next episode polymorph i've, I've got um a story of how far i went i went stealing um wow. some of the plot elements okay. we'll, we'll, oh God. <laughs> we'll see okay so um we uh yeah so he's eating that dog food it's, got, it's gone really far he's really run out run out of uh food um and uh they really need something else to burn because they've run out of all, stuff to burn all the books are burnt um and rimmer says well there must be something else to burn and this looks over at uh rimmer's trunk his camphor camphorwood trunk and this is where i learned about camphorwood i never knew about camphorwood before that it was expensive or did you know about camphorwood no nothing no um it's i didn't even know it was a wood yeah but but now you do now i want some camphorwood stuff I want a, this podcast desk. It needs to be camphorwood. Otherwise, yeah. I don't know how we can carry on. I don't know how it can take our weight any much. I know it's creaking a lot. <laughs> we, I think myself and Daniela put on about five stone each since the last episode. Yeah. It's all that Halloween candy. Mm. We should really stop trick or treat. I think we're getting a bit old now, Daniela. No, <laughs> trick like or treat. Um, okay, so we've got um, them uh, looking for stuff to, to to burn to keep Lister alive, uh, basically. Um, and again, like I wouldn't hesitate. I mean, Rimmer's a hologram. He can just he can just take that trunk and burn it. What's Rimmer going to do? Um, but again, they're friends, so he's he's kind of saying, well, okay, well, how about we burn just the soldiers? Um, because I mean, the toy soldiers—they're toys. What if I, your dad, was here, and I was like, "Well, on your way here, I, I nipped into your house and nicked all your toy soldiers. Can I burn them? What would your dad do?" He would probably say no. I think. Okay. Is there any any reason why you wanted to burn them? Just to Is see his just, just to no, just to see his reaction. Really. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd just, be pretty upset. I think you know. Why does he collect to- toy soldiers? Uh, he just li- loved them as a child. Yeah, I guess you've got people collect all kinds of stuff, and yeah. toy soldiers are pretty cool. Does he do? Does he collect the nice fancy ones with it painted or just? No, he likes the plastic ones. I had loads of them when I was little, but I just thought, I mean, up against like Star Wars toys and Thundercats and Transformers, it doesn't really compete. Well, my dad didn't have that around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, so but I mean, different. yeah, but I mean, there were other options, weren't there? Than those I don't like think silly. So. I don't know. Board games, maybe. Oh, well, we're a very board game orientated family. We're into our board games. I want to get into board games a, a lot more. Uh, Nick and I actually have just bought, and I've got to say this right because I okay. keep saying it wrong. Monopoly? Escape from Colditz. Okay. Is that the, like a classic game? Or is I think so. Nick was right. telling me about it. Um, and the box it came in is really sort of, se- it's got a 70s, oh, 80s wow, okay. vibe to it. Oh, nice. And it's apparently one of you plays a Nazi and the other you have to escape and the Nazi picks who he like chases and that tries is to awesome. Stop. 
Yeah, but there's only two of us at home, so we need to find other people to I'll play, play this it. with. Okay, you have it's to like come around like, and we'll play it. There's that board game that came out a couple of years ago where there was only, they only made, um, you could only get it from a, like a board game convention where you, um, and I think there's only 250 made, where basically you and a group of people have to compete to get as many people on the train um, as fast pos- as possible. And you basically turn over cars, it tells you what to do next. And the one who gets the most people on the train is the winner. But then the last card you turn over, you find out that train's going to Auschwitz. And the whole time no. you were like the Nazis and you, you were sending these people off to their death. And that's how it ends. No. So, yeah. So I've spoiled that game for anyone who's uh, going to buy that. Game. I can't remember what it's called now, but um, it sounds awesome if you're playing it with people who don't know what it is. Because yeah. like, even when you win, you're like, you're evil. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So um, Rumi thinks he's living in a, in a nightmare because Lister is about to burn his soldiers um but then they say okay well we've got something else to burn let's burn the money so we see the money burning that upset me a lot i shed a tear yeah but thing is what they've what have they got to spend on there's nothing to spend on they they get everything they want and and those dollar pounds pounds don't mean anything to people in space um yeah i guess it is still kind of sad because that's listers i mean rimmer's life savings to burn yeah defacing it wow yeah it is isn't it wow that could be a good episode later on. They get in trouble for uh, for that. <laughs> Maybe this series finally <laughs> get caught. Um, and yes, yeah, so um, they burn the money. And uh, Lister, uh, Rumor says, what's the difference between uh, burning uh, Lister's guitar um, as opposed to his soldiers? And Lister says, it's um, it's his lifeline. You can't burn his guitar because it it keeps him sane when he's lonely. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he also says that he, he has no education because he went to art college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and here at Post Pop, we're surrounded by art colleges. There's like three art colleges around here. And, and uh, parkour. And there's a parkour academy as well, parkour. which is, yeah. I'm going to join and I'm going to be jumping around all over the place. Parkour. The next time you see me, you'll be like, where's Jed? And I'll be jumping off a balcony somewhere. Parkour. <laughs> is that what you have to say when you're running around? Parkour. Parkour. <laughs> Would you be good at parkour? No, it'd be terrible. <laughs> but if you if you just the, the person that just shouts parkour every now and oh, again, I'd be awesome. and that means people that's, that'll tell people when to jump off a building. Yeah. Parkour. Have you, have, you, have you not seen the Office US? I have. Yeah, yeah, have you yeah. Seen that parkour. Episode? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Wow. Um, I I always think I'll be good at this stuff, but I know I'll just I'll, I'll just kill myself. <laughs> I'll just break both my legs and both my arms. Um, yeah. So um, uh, Lister says he can't burn my guitar because it's part of him. It's what keeps him sane. Um, and uh, but then he concedes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'll burn it because um, I'm the one that needs the heat. So he says to Rimmer, "Well, can I play at least one last song on it?" And Rimmer's like, "Yeah, of course, of course." So Rimmer goes, I'll just go outside. And then Lister does a rendition of She's Out of My Life. Is that Michael Jackson? It is, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. A lot of music in, in our episodes. Yeah. Beatboxing in the last one, new rapping. Yeah, I'm an awesome rapper. Wait till we release the Smegheads album. Yes, but in just in time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. They'll have me singing that, you rapping. And uh, there'll be some other stuff on there as well. Us singing the, the Red Wolf theme song. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Smash it. Smash it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we go outside. And obviously, this was Lister's evil plan as well. And this is unlike Lister, because usually you can kind of empathise with his him. Um, and yeah, they, they kind of spar and they kind of fight for each other. But deep down, they love each other. This is some low-down, mean, dirty stuff yeah. now, what he does. 
he goes and he, he gets his guitar and he does an, the outline of the guitar on the back of his of Rimmer's camp forward trunk into a guitar shape, cuts it out with a handy hacksaw that's there, and um, hides his guitar in the cupboard. So when Rimmer walks back in, he sees the guitar shape um, poking out of the uh, the barrel of the stove, what they called it, um, and he sees it on the fire and he's like, Lister, I can't, I can't believe you've done this. I, I've... I've got this all wrong. You, like you, you are an um, amazing person, and uh, he was so um, what's the word? Surprised that that Lister he would do this. Moved. He was exactly. He was moved that Lister would do this. Uh, would give up something he loved so much just to kind of save having to burn something of Rimmer. So Rimmer's like, well, in the, in this a sign of friendship, cast my soldiers to the to the flames let them burn for friendship I found this scene really upsetting because I could imagine my dad watching this <laughs> you see the flames going up around the soldiers okay, this is perfect literally perfect writing I think in the entirety of Red Dwarf this scene for me is some of the best writing and it's one of my favourite scenes in the, whole, in the whole of Red Dwarf because you know what's going to happen and you know at some point the world's going to be uncovered from from Rimmer's eyes and he's going to find out and it's just like the tension yeah. of when it when it's going like, to happen what, what's that smell exactly and he's like camphor wood your guitar was made out of camphor wood and this was there with his head yeah, in his hands like oh no and then like Rimmer like further like puts the nail in in, in Lister's coffin by saying oh that was the only thing my dad's ever given me um you never gave me anything it's heartbreaking that's why this makes this scene so moving and just utterly brilliant it's just an amazing piece of also shout out to ed by the director he knows what he's doing he directed this episode perfectly i mean there's some dodgy c dodgy green screen right at the start of this episode with um space it just looked like a studio but which it was of course but this is this is some great writing in the scene so he said uh yeah uh rumor said uh list has made the supreme sacrifice um and uh he said uh, burning the guitar would be like if something ever happened to his camp forward trunk because his father it represents his father to him really um and uh rimmer is uh yeah so rimmer is over, so overcome by this he he really wants uh lister to burn those soldiers and, and that he does they uh burn the soldiers um to provide lister with a bit more heat and just at that moment um Crichton and cat is seen outside calvary arrives. the cal- calvary arrives calvary or cavalry cavalry isn't it calvary Calv- <laughs> No, Calvary is that hill that Jesus died on. <laughs> Cavalry are like when soldiers turn up. The Calvary. No, Calvary's like... Cavalry. Cavalry, yeah. <laughs> Calvary is like a Jesus thing, right? Cavalry is like the backup. Backups arrive. Um, so Crichton and Cat... Okay, so this is that we need to break down. So Crichton and Cat, they turn up um, and they see, they see Starbug, but Crichton and Cat are never in the same frame and, and <laughs> yeah but they're talking to each other no Crichton says oh there it is up ahead and it goes to cat silence and they're never in the same frame right and then they get onto the ship right they both get the ship and they go hey we're here at no point does does anyone address cat and then when Rimmer is talking to them both he specifically says Crichton and this happened and he never mentions cat um at all and i'll come to it there's a bit more to this theory because my theory of that they're, they're, they're the same person it's going to blow your mind in a minute this is ludicrous <laughs> i know it is but it's quite funny 
So, um, yeah, and this, they've just popped up just as Lister's about to confess what went wrong because he's, he's so guilty. He feels so guilty. And he, um, he's about to confess to Cat and Christ, to um, Rimmer, that he's, um, <laughs> he lied to him and he actually burnt his, his trunk. But the ca- cavalry arrives. Um, and Rimmer explains to Crichton uh, that Lister is he's changed. Something's changed. He's a man of honour and something's changed between their, their friendship. Um, and Lister walks in and takes the guitar from the cupboard. And Rimmer's there in silence for a moment and he realises what has happened and he commands Crichton to open up the trunk. And then next, and this, this, this will really back, back up my theory that Cat okay. and Crichton are the same person. So at that moment, right, in the, in the room is Crichton, Cat and Rimmer. When they open up the trunk, we see a point of view from the trunk, right? Yeah. Well, what do we see? I can't remember. <laughs> we see Crichton. Yes. And we see Rimmer. Yep. And no cat, even though he's in the room. Cat isn't there. Okay. We can see the room and cat's not there. Maybe he was just out of frame. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so, yeah. So, um, this, can be, this is something we can be discuss on later episodes as well. But I, my, I think my theory is coming true that Cat and Crichton are the same person, and it, or it's all in the mind of Dave Lister. This entire thing is I all in the mind of it. Dave Lister. What if, right? What if his punishment from the first episode, his punishment for bringing uh, Frankenstein aboard, the cat, the unquarantined cat, his punishment is to be in this world. Wasn't 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 stasis, but was to be in this world where everything where he's the last human being alive and everything goes wrong. I think you're overthinking this. Possibly, <laughs> that could be a good episode of uh, Red Dwarf eleven or twelve. Guys, get in touch. I'm very I'm very cheap. Um, okay, so he's uh, he then tells Crichton to get a hacksaw, as is going to do to Lister what Alexander the Great once did to him. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Good dun, 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 strong ending, strong ending, and a strong ending to a strong episode. So, what are your initial thoughts, Daniela? It was okay. Um, I think I was a little bit disappointed because, as as I said, I I saw the thing recently, and I was expecting oh, it was going to be a, the thing type episode. I was expecting some sort of menace or or tension in there, yeah. not just the lack of food, but. I think it would, be, would have been quite cool if there was something outside trying to get in as well. Yeah. It would have ramped up the yeah, tension a little exactly. bit. Exactly, but but yeah, no, there was bits of it I really enjoyed. It, it was a good, it was a good episode. It wasn't a great episode, but I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. So let me blow your mind now, Daniela. Do it. Um, that ice planet they were on. Yes. Was Earth. No. Yes. They were. So their mission is to try and find Earth, but that is Earth. And it's explained in the books that, um, so in the three million years um, that have elapsed, what's happened is Earth is knocked out of its orbit. Right. And so it was frozen because it's away from the sun. Sun, yeah. So it's found itself wherever it is now. And they were actually on Earth. And in the books, um, Lister stays on that planet for, he he figures out it's Earth and he stays on the planet for like 30, 40 years. And the only pe- other people there are cockroaches, massive cockroaches, which he kind of trains like cows, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, and he kind of like lives out his entire life on um, on that on Earth. But then they go back, and what what, they, what then? Because they've been been back well, basi- to Earth, so that, that's it now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we, in the in the TV show, it's, it's obviously retcon. They they've never mentioned that they were once on yes. Earth. So, okay. um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, 
watching this episode with the knowledge that they're on Earth the entire time and Lister actually made it home made this even more heartbreaking to me. Um, I just think it's fantastic. Um, Again, it's like that Sliders episode. It is like that Sliders episode. <laughs> um, and um, before we get onto the Smegheads charts, uh, do you want to read out some yeah, of the comments? I'm going to read some of the comments. From the Red Dwarf Forum. Yeah. So... My pals, my pals at the Red Dwarf. Yeah, so just just find the best ones and just scroll down and j- just give a, f- a few comments from from each. Um, okay, so there's a good comment here from uh, Cloud Strife. Cloud Strife, yeah, yep. mates with Harry. Hey, Cloud Strife, <laughs> and he says, as with much of Series Three, I love this episode. I think it is a good concept and it works well. I also find it interesting that two men who have shared a room on a practically empty ship are really just open up about things for the first time. It is a great episode. Nice. Exactly. That's exactly what I like about this episode. Yeah. Two yeah. men just opening up. Yeah, it's, it's really, yeah that was, that's a really good point. It's a, it's a really good way to see the dynamic. Exactly. Because sometimes sometimes when there's action in the way and, and robots and simulants all over the place, it kind of like distracts from the fact that this is a series about two friends frenemies really yeah uh, what so else we got yeah from midnight rider hi harry yeah that's harry hi harry the midnight rider back again okay so his comment is i thought this episode especially exceeded excellence it was extremely exhilarating excitingly excellently extraordinarily exasperately fun <laughs> that was a bit of a tongue twister <laughs> thanks very much harry it, w- it was definitely fun yeah um, Pembers, hi Pembers. Where you got to, Pembers? What's Pembers have to say he about this? He said it's a very good episode and one of my favourites. Good, good man, exactly, yeah. I agree. And then he's also followed that up with one possible question for you. Right. Does his behaviour with cutting out the wood from the trunk paint Lister into negative a light? It's quite a smeggy thing to do, especially after the sacrifices Rimmer has made for him. I think that's a really good point. It is, and it is a, it's a very, very, very smeggy thing to do. Um, but in, in later episodes of Red Dwarf, there, there is kind of like a just desserts happening because in uh, the most recent season, season 10, his guitar is um, thrown out into space. Um, so he finally uh, gets his revenge. He, but the person who does it is himself. Um, it's a, quite a confusing episode, but basically, he um, sends out his guitar into space as punishment on himself. So uh, yeah, but yeah, he's an awful human being. This episode, and I think it's quite unlike Lister because um, he's generally a, a decent person. He and he generally cares about Rimmer. Yeah. What else we got? Well, there's another comment from Simon that seems to try and explain that. And okay. he says, really great episode. There's not much, there's not really much more I can say about this one. Some classic lines and jokes in there. As for Lister's less than noble moment, I put that down to him just not realising that po- ha- point, how important the trunk was to Rimmer. That's true. Agree. Yeah, he didn't yeah. know until like Rimmer explained he, it afterwards. He does, look, he does look and act quite guilty when Rimmer talks. He about looks really guilty, like <laughs> really guilty. And he was going to confess, I guess, but I mean, too little, too late, Lister. Okay, Anything and then else? final comment yeah. from DJ McBell. Hi, DJ. Hey, McBell. DJ McBell. Yeah. Um, Marooned is a highlight in a, a series of highlights. Series three for me stands out as it really has some great original storylines and is pretty consistent in quality. Yeah, yeah, we got hundred percent right. Completely agree with you. Um, this is an episode that I watch probably the most out of out of a lot of them. I I, I, just, I love this episode because we can go to 
you pick any episode of Red Dwarf, it's probably going to be one where they're running around fighting something. But th- this kind of episode just, to me, it means a lot more. Yeah, you said before that you you like the talking. I love the talking now, ones. Yeah, the dynamic between the two characters rather than the action. Exactly, I, I just love it, and and just like the just the set pieces in this, the the kind of. Um, stuff about the camphorwood and the soldiers and uh, the books and the fire it's just and the dog food oh there's so many good little set pieces in and it's all to do talking this is almost like a like a like a play um it's great this, this could be done on the stage and actually they're gonna do well the rumor is they're gonna do um i was gonna say smeghead's life there's a rumor that they're gonna do a uh, red dwarf life um like in 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 like theaters oh really yeah well which would probably just oh. be like how monty python did it like the best of the best scenes or maybe a, a few new things here and there um so that brings us on to the bit that people absolutely love i'm sure i'm sure they do and that is and that's the Smegheads charts. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And yes, just to give you the current uh, top, say top five. Uh, so number one's backwards. Number two is Thanks for the Memory. Number three is Better Than Life. Number four, Stasis Leak. Number five is Quig. So Daniela, I want to throw it over to you. Do you think this gets oh. into the top five? Yes, I do. Excellent. I'm, I'm happy so far. Do, right. Do you think this is better than Quig? Do you think it's better than Stasis Leak? Yes. Good. Do you think it's better than Better Than Life? Oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. It is and tough. probably I'd I'd uh, say joint. Okay. A joint joint third, is that possible? No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm happy to make this f- fourth. fourth. Yeah. I think that feels right. Um because it's not better than better than life no, and it's not better than thanks for the memory and it's not better than backwards no. though i love it but that's for my own own reasons so i'm happy the new yeah. top five is backwards thanks for the memory better than life marooned and stasis leak it's pretty solid top five it's a solid top five mm. it'd be hard pushed to disagree with us there so that's it yeah thanks very much for listening um next week we have billy lunn and um from the subways so in the meantime you listen to the subways go and think the subways.net go into youtube type in the subways eat a lot of subways um and i'm pretty sure we ask billy does he the band gets 10 percent of any subway sandwiches that you buy that may be me making that up but i don't know um let's so- hope so There's a lot of sandwiches <laughs> getting eaten out there do you think someone's ever eaten one of their cds by mistake mm, no. i think so so yeah that's uh, something to enjoy for next week um where can they find you on the internet daniela is there any, anywhere in particular? Well, I don't think there are any pictures out there, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Daniela of 1L Phillips. And on Instagram? I'm Daniela Monica Phillips. And you can find me at postpoprecords.com if you want to buy some music or listen to some good music. Subways are on there as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. And also on Instagram, I am the same. Um, and what else can you what can you find me? That's it. I'm not really on. I'm on. I'm not on any social networks really. Besides that, um, I'm not on Tinder or anything like that. But if not. if I ever do pop up on Tinder, be be nice to me. Ah, oh, swipe right. Is that what you do when you I when you like someone? So. I don't know. I've never been on. Danielle's Tinder. Danielle's pretending like she hasn't got Tinder <laughs> on her phone right now. I just heard it. You can check. My phone. I'm joking. I'm joking. You can I'm check joking. My phone. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of your boyfriend right now because I'm on the Smeghead site. 
He's looking very cross with you. Yeah. Um, so thanks very much <laughs> for <laughs> listening, guys. Don't forget to uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Don't forget to tell your friends. And, and your enemies. And your enemies. And uh, rate us on iTunes. If you, if you want to say some nice things, please do so. It help all helps us in the long run. Um, and yeah, we will see you guys next week. Yeah, have a good week. See you later, Smokeheads. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Smackheads the Red Dwarf Podcast. Smackheads is a production of Ghost Pop, and you can check out the show notes and other stuff at ghostpoppodcasts.com slash smackheads. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. See you later, Smackheads.